Welcome along to the Kick Technology Show, the show that talks about what's happening out there in the cutting-edge world of technology today. I'm Hilary Johnson. Coming up on today's show, we talk with Barry Kennedy, CEO of the Technology Centre for Energy Efficiency and for Manufacturing Research about the Technology Innovation Expo, which will be taking place next Monday in the Enterprise in Enterprise Ireland. And we also talk to Kieran Harris, Director of Innovation at IQ Content, about the recent launch of their new open-source platform, Antenna. And later on, I'll be telling you the latest tech and games news this week. But first we're joined by Barry Kennedy, CEO of the Technology Centre for Manufacturing Research and Innovation for Ireland's Energy Efficiency. Barry, you're very welcome. Thank you. Um, so Barry, tell me a bit about um, your, your technology centres. Well, there are two centres, as you say, Hillary. Uh, one is focusing on the area of manufacturing, that's called ICMR, and the second centre is focused on energy efficiency, called I2E2. They are two cross-sector research centres. They were founded about um, two years ago. Um, by a cluster of companies who came together um, recognising the challenges that Ireland were facing and the need for us to drive efficiency and productivity within our facilities to ensure, I guess, they'd stay vibrant, in, in particularly in the current economic uh, challenges that are faced here as a country. And I2E2, where did you come up with that? How, how uh, does that translate into energy efficiency? <laughs> yeah, well, well um, yeah. unfortunately the name is, is quite a complex uh, name, I2E2, which stands for Innovation for Ireland Energy Efficiency. It was right. made up by engineers and it's a, market, a marketing person's nightmare of a name. But um, the, the engineering teams and researchers from the different companies got together and we said um, the cost of electri- electrical power in this country is, is quite expensive um, relative to the rest of Europe and that we had to figure ways that we could drive energy efficiency by doing things differently within our manufacturing facilities that would save power and so we would focus in the in things like your air conditioning systems or the way you set up your manufacturing facility and the way you control power within your manufacturing facility and um, we would do research into the areas of how you could drive efficiency there and make savings of 20 30 percent and why is it so much more expensive in ireland uh, the cost of electrical yeah. power? Well, we, we're a net importer of gas um, um, into this country and oil into this country. Um, we, we don't have any um, or many natural resources ourselves, although wind is kicking off you know, in, yeah, a, in yeah. a major way. Mm. Um, but because we're, we're reliant on the cost of oil and gas, the cost of producing electrical power as a result is quite high. Okay. And then tell me about the, you're running the Technology Innovation Expo next Monday. Fill us in a bit about that. Yeah, so this is something we've, we, we, we were very excited about. Um, we, st- we, we decided we'd run this expo um, a little bit ahead of schedule because uh, the results that we've started to deliver have been delivering faster than even our best estimates. Um, we started doing the research about 18 months ago and um, as a result of, of the research that's going on and the close partnership that we've gotten going between the universities and the industrial sector and by virtue of the fact that we have researchers working in on our manufacturing floor, we have delivered some breakthrough technologies that um, we're quite excited about and that um, as I say, at our expo, we will be um, announcing what those results are, and um, which we think are very exciting. And who who can we expect to see then at the at the expo? Um, companies wise, company wise. Oh yeah. Well, we'll have our member a membership there. We've we've cross sector companies there across the pharmaceutical, biomedical, and ICT sectors. Companies like Boston Scientific, Johnson and Johnson, Seagate Technologies, Bombardier up there in Belfast to make the Lear, right. Lear jets. Um, Intel, of course, uh, being there. And um, we will have uh, some guest speakers. We'll have an international uh, guest speaker coming to us, uh, George Pogue. Um, And we'll have Minister Bruton and um, uh, Barry O'Leary and Frank Ryan from the IDA and Enterprise Ireland um, in attendance as well. 
And is it open to the public or is it invite only? It is invite only, but if you, um, if there's anybody, any of your listeners out there who might be interested in coming to the event, um, if you were to um, send an email into valerie at unicornpr.ie, Valerie will certainly sort out an invitation for you. Brilliant. Now, going back to the manufacturing industry in Ireland, um, did I hear right that it's kind of collapsed over in the UK and one of the main focuses for you guys is to make sure that that doesn't happen here in Ireland. Can you just tell me, kind of clarify a little bit about what I, I just, I, I heard this, I don't, I'm not really sure myself about what happened over in the UK. Maybe you can fill us in a little bit. Yeah, well, I think there's been a recognition in the UK that over the last number of years that manufacturing has certainly decreased in significance um, and it was very much focused on the service industry. And I think now that they've, they, they've recognised, in fact, by losing manufacturing as a core foundation out of any economy um, you begin to lose a lot of the service type jobs that we provided into those manufacturing um, uh, base so um, I, in the UK there's certainly been a big focus in terms of trying to recreate um, manufacturing and if we look at Ireland uh, we, we, we did the opposite actually we we focused on manufacturing we tried to retain it in, in the country we didn't um, we went after getting foreign direct investment into the country uh, large scale manufacturing facilities to come uh, uh, here and if you look at the total investment in Ireland from foreign direct investment investment that significantly outdoes um, even countries combined uh, Brazil, Russia, India and China Um, so we've really focused on bringing in large scale manufacturing in here, into Ireland and as a result of that surrounding that then you get service based uh, companies uh, starting up. So it's really important now that we've gone and done all that hard work in getting these companies in here that we make sure that we keep ourselves productive and energy efficient and lead the charge in that regard so that companies aren't encouraged if you like to go to other geographies that they will stay in Ireland and continue to invest here. And tell us a little, just in layman's terms, tell us a little bit about kind of the day-to-day projects you'd be working on. Well, in the manufacturing centre, um, there's a, a number of very interesting areas, but one that uh, your, your listeners might be interested in is in the whole area of tacit knowledge. We're doing uh, research with uh, psychologists and oh, technologists, which is kind of unusual to think about it from a manufacturing perspective, um, looking at how you can capture um, and tacit knowledge and information in a manufacturing environment. So in other words, if you've got um, an engineer or a technician working on a manufacturing floor and they're servicing a piece of equipment, um, a person on one shift may be better than a person on another shift, and yet they would have got the same training. So how can you tap into the expertise of the person who's really good? Mm put that into a bottle, capture it in some way that actually others can learn from. Um, and we're working with psychologists to try and introduce these kind of technologies um, um, into the workplace that will help close that gap between the guy who's very good in one shift and the person who's not so good maybe on another shift. So that's what we're f- that's one whole area of research that's, that we're doing. That's um, we're focused in, in other areas in the manufacturing, trying to figure out ways to run materials faster through the manufacturing line. If you can imagine on any manufacturing line, you could have uh, different types of tools and machines that do different things. Mm-hmm. And you have different numbers of technicians or operators that may operate those machines. And those things can vary in any one day. People can get sick or they're not in work or whatever. A machine may go down that you weren't expecting and that affects the amount of production that you can get out of your manufacturing line. So we're doing research with um, um, universities such as Dublin City University and ourselves trying to think up new ways of modelling a manufacturing line so that you can get more output. Yeah. Brilliant. And and then 
what I'm going to ask now. How long How long has this been established, the centres? Um, um, we're 18 months um, in full-time operation. Oh, um, okay. So we're quite a new um, initiative, which is the thing that we're quite excited about, that in 18 months we're, we're now at the stage of seeing some real delivery uh, coming out where the companies themselves are seeing significant value from the research that we've been doing and that um, the technologies that we have are, are actually breakthrough. Brilliant. And your own background, you're linked with Intel Ireland back Correct. when they, is it 1991 when they opened Leakslip Leak in, in Kildare? And they've got a serious campus out there. Correct. Do you want to tell me a bit about them? You're still, are you still working very much so with Intel? I'm I'm on secondment from Intel um, as CEO of these uh, centres, but I am an Intel employee. Yes. Um, yeah. So and uh, yeah, they have a it's, a, it's a very dynamic uh, world leading manufacturing facility that we have out there. Um, and um, a very vibrant and certainly as an employee, I'd have to say a very motivating job. Yeah. And it's got that, that campus out there. Has it got, am I right in thinking it's got 4,500 employees out there? In that region, yes, that's yeah. correct, yes, and um, so uh, and a whole range of different types of, of jobs from operators, engineers to technicians mm-hmm. um, to construction workers to you name it, uh, we have out there. Yes, that's true. Oh, it's brilliant. And then, so in your time, I suppose you've you've been in this whole industry a long, long time. What are some of the most exciting projects you've worked on? Oh, that's interesting. Well, certainly <laughs> this one, I'd have to say, has been um, uh, has been incredible, and I'm very grateful to. Intel um, for allowing me to go and do something uh, as different and as diverse as this to go out there and create something very new to create this kind of a research centre that um, doesn't exist from what we can see anywhere in the world where yeah. you we're doing what's called embedded research where the academics actually come into the manufacturing facilities and actually do the research on the manufacturing floors. It's a whole new model of research and um, to be allowed by if you like your employer to go off and do that is a phenomenal uh, phenomenal thing to have been able mm-hmm. to do but um, working in Intel there's been lots of roles I, I've had. I've I've been a quality and reliability manager. Um, I have been um, what's called a process integration manager, um, where I've been working with some of the the brightest minds on the planet in terms of developing new breakthroughs in technology, where we're fitting billions of transistors on the size of a thumbnail, um, and each one of those little tiny transistors have to work to make the computer that you're used to uh, yeah. running yourself uh, work. Um, so it's at a scale that you know really in many ways is defying science in terms of what we're able yeah. to do. Oh, it's brilliant. And um, what direction do you want to see the centres going in the future? Well, we're in what we call a pilot mode at the moment. Um, we've gotten some um, funding from the, the Irish state, from um, the Irish government. Um, Enterprise Ireland and the IDA have been very supportive in terms of trying to help us start up this initiative here. Um, we see it very much as a pilot. Um, we're hopeful that once uh, these results that we, we we're announcing now uh, on the 12th of November um, come out, um, that we would get into discussions with the government around trying to scale these centres up to something more meaningful that would really become world game-changing. Okay. Um, so we'd like to see the centre growing. We'd like to see new member companies joining. We'd like to see more Indigenous companies in Ireland joining. Um, and we're trying to organise ourselves in such a way that we can have the big companies and the small companies coexisting, working on common challenges together. That's, that all sounds brilliant. Barry, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And best of luck with the Technology Innovation Expo next Monday. Now we're going to take a look at the technology news for this week. Uh, the biggest thing which has happened this week uh, is Steve Jobs. It's in Apple again, which I guess they're always hitting the headlines, aren't they? Steve Jobs' favourite, one of his favourite employees, Scott Forsell, was fired. Um, he was an iOS senior, exec- senior executive position after 15 years. Um, he was senior vice president in charge of iOS, Scott Forsell. 
endorsed all these he's been asked to leave um, after not being willi- willing to sign a public letter of apology over the recent MAPS downfall I'm sure many of you remember with when uh, temp, uh, Dublin Zoo uh, managed to be located in Temple Bar recently. Um, and now this downfall is said to have been easily avoided had Forstall's team taken the time to run the many quality assurance and public data checks for discrepancies, but they rushed maps out ahead of times and caused serious damage to Apple's reputation. It appears there were other reasons mounting against Forstall for his dismissal, including the over-promising and under-developing, or under-delivering, sorry, personal assistant Siri, the lack of daring or innovation updates on iOS 5 and iOS 6 and uncooperative manner with other senior executives which is kind of todgy. It seemed he built his reputation upon and liked to show off his close relationship with Jobs to such an extent that Forstall's firing was met with a sense of quiet jubilation and that there was a lot of people going for celebratory drinks the night that they find, found this out. Now Apple's retail chief John Browett who had been poached from a CEO position at electrical retailer Dixon's nine months ago was also let go after Mr in the past 12 months too. It appears Browett was known for his love of money more than his customers. And throughout 2012, Browett has come up with the new Apple Store policies that have detracted from the customer experience. Basically, what he's done is he's tried to lower the number of Apple Store employees so stores could become even more profitable, but has failed to see that people go to the Apple Store for its excellent customer service. So, not so good there. Forstall, who has been with the company since 1997, will be replaced by Craig Federici. I, I don't know what, how to pronounce that name now if I'm honest in 2013 and he'll oversee both the iOS and OS X groups under one umbrella Apple also announced a range of new devices and toys on the 24th of October now you, you missed us last um, last Monday because it was the bank holiday weekend but I'm sure you already know that the company has had a few surprises up its sleeve most people anticipated the announcement of the iPad mini but Apple also showcased the iPad 4 the new iMac models and a 13 inch MacBook Pro and a storage system that has been dubbed Apple Fusion Drive. Now, as the iPad Mini goes on sales in Ireland, an analyst has predicted Apple will sell a total of 101.6 million iPads and 193.9 million iPhones in 2003. The iPad Mini retails in Ireland from a 300 around 339 euro. Um, now. Our next guest, that's that's what's been happening in the technology news for this week. Now, my next guest joining me on the line is Kieran Harris, Director of Innovation at IQ Content. Kieran, thank you for taking the time to call us on the show today. Tell us a bit about IQ Content. I believe you got good news with Tektronics Communications as well. Yeah, so um, IQ Content is, um, we're Ireland's largest um, user experience design consultancy. Uh, We were founded 11 years ago. Um, and we're 50 people based out of the heart of Dublin. Um, and we do we work with great companies here in Dublin, like Vodafone and Citigroup. And then internationally, we've worked with uh, the likes of Waitrose in the UK and Goodyear Dunlop in Brussels. And just recently, we've um, we've announced a website that we built with Tektronix Communications, and it's part of um, it's the first part of an engagement with them to do a lo- an awful lot of web work with them. And what do Tektronix do? Um, they're basically. Um, how would you say it? They're the they're the kind of uh, they, they're the people who develop a lot of the um, the hardware and the software that the likes of Vodafone and O2 use on their back end. So they provide network intelligence um, for their customers and ultimately help give people better mobile reception, better better network reception, better broadband reception. And where are they located? Where are they they're based? based in uh, Plano in Texas, just outside mm-hmm. of Dallas. 
brilliant. That's great, isn't it, that you're you're getting these kind of global Yeah, yeah. It's a, a, a bit more of a, a long haul and travel, but, you know, <laughs> it's all very exciting. And how, how old is IQ content? So we're, um, we're just over 10 years old. Um, and we were started by Morgan McAgney and Paul Fitzsimons and uh, since then we've grown leaps and bounds every year we're, uh, we're taking on loads of new people yeah oh that's brilliant did I did I read somewhere it was a 30 pe- 30% growth you're getting every year yeah between 30 and 40% which is great amazing. yeah that's so good and what's your role as director of innovation um, so my role really is to um, basically to encourage ourselves to um, I suppose you know the world of consulting is um it's a it's a hard old slog and um yeah. we're we're basically trying to get uh, people to you know get a the creative spark back into their minds to take a break from the consulting work by doing things that really uh drive them challenge them and interest them um so as regards innovation that's what we were doing that's what um the labs project that uh, we're here to talk about today was about um and we're driving these things forward um really yeah. to uh you know, give uh, our staff a, a, um, a, a better opportunity. Yeah, and and last was it last week or was it the week before you guys launched your new open source platform, Antenna? Yeah, T- tell me a bit about that. Okay, so Antenna, it's the world's first open sourced mobile event listing platform, and basically, it's a platform that's designed to help event organizers and developers to easily. Um, to manage and publish and most importantly to mobilize their event details um uh, it's all very simple and easy and at the at the uh, at the core of it basically it's a web-based cms and then it publishes events to um, an email module and it also publishes events to um, a mobile web page right. so that's the heart of it and what level of development skills would you need to have to use Antenna? Because I'd say there's not too many. I know, like event if event organizers are going to have some level of of what they want in their heads, mm-hmm. but whether or not they have the actual knowledge how to kind of as a web developer, people don't really, sure. they wouldn't really have that, you know. Sure. So um, really, um, event organizers would need to get a developer on board if they hadn't um, if they hadn't got some development chops themselves. Um, mm. But basically, Antenna, it's a, a Cake PHP-based um, development framework, and it's fairly simple. When you get down to, when you look at the various components, it's, um, there's nothing very complicated there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, even, even um, adequate developers should be able to get up and running reasonably quickly. Brilliant. And is it free? Did you say I can't? I can, did you say it was free, or is it? Is yeah. It, is it, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. So um, maybe I'll go into the story about how it came about yeah, because that, that really feeds into into great, why yeah. it's free. So um, five years ago, um, this guy called Jörg Stiegmuller he sent an email to a handful of friends and he wanted to tell them about the free events going on in Dublin City. And over time, his email grew and grew. The content grew. The list of people he was sending it um, to grew. Um, and basically, every Thursday night, Jörg spends all night researching and cataloging, you know, between 100 and 150 free events of the coming week. And he sends mm-hmm. it out to over 12,000 people. And he does this every week for free. He's been doing it for five years um, without fail. So <laughs> You'd have to question why. <laughs> yeah, um, why? He, he just, he does it um, out, of the, out of the goodness of his heart, really. Um, <laughs> we so need then, more people like that in the world. <laughs> oh, we do, we do. 
So anyway, in IQ content, several of the, the IQbers here, including myself, we were long-time subscribers to Jörg's email newsletter, mm-hmm. and we admired his efforts, but we could see plenty of room for improvement. The email format was um, very hard to read, very hard to scan, and that, came, that was all a result of the process he was using. Um, so we wanted to do something to help him spread his goodwill to a wider audience, make it more usable. So we approached him as part of our IQ Labs research, and we offered to work with him for free. So he was a bit suspicious at first, but after yeah. the first meeting, he was uh, he was fully on board. And basically, Antenna is the end product of our collaboration with Jörg. Um, so today, Jörg, he used Antenna to send his newsletter to over 12,000 subscribers. It simplified the process for him. He can include a lot more events a lot easier. And for the first time, he's able to mobilize his events. So um, uh, as counting today, there were over um, there were over 700 people using the mobile side of it, and that's growing every day. It's growing. So um, that's, that's really how it came about. But why we decided to release it as an open source tool? Well, basically, um, what we wanted to do was, um, you know, Antenna was conceived during a not-for-profit labs engagement Mm -hmm. and it was helping the Dublin event guide which itself is a not-for-profit free guide Mm -hmm. to free events Mm -hmm. so it seems somehow right that we should also release antenna for free and that others could use it freely and that a community of free could kind of grow up around it so that's what we're hoping for that the development community that they'll embrace antenna they'll take it they'll run with um, and they'll bring it to places that we couldn't even imagine so what you're going to get is probably people what it was was just the Dublin event guide so now hopefully the likes of Cork maybe Galway people are going to be able to pick up on it down there and run with this as well won't they sure um so as regards um event event um you know people running events you know really it, it's it's not just for you know um you know the likes of a, a Dublin event guide or Cork event guide. You know, it's for all sorts of festival organisers, music and theatre events, but basically for people who have limited budgets and they want to reach as wide an audience as possible. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that Jörg really, um, he discovered when he was when he was talking with a lot of event organisers, you know, especially people who are doing things, free events or, or events on a, on a shoestring budget. Yeah. You know, they put all their effort and all their other resources into the event themselves and they don't have time to advertise it or money to advertise it. Um, yeah. So this, this should help out with, with those kinds of, you know, people low budgets, you know, the Flacules, the Rosa Trillies, etc. Absolutely. And people in the theatre industry, actually, this will benefit hugely, mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they're always looking for fundraising and, and it's just, it's really tough in the theatre world. I have a bit of a background in that myself and I'm just thinking, that I know it could really help out a lot of people in, in terms of that. Um, so what other projects are our IQ content working on at the moment other than Tektronics and um, well we've got a, we've got a lot of um, a lot of clients in in the Irish um, the Irish industry uh, basically the, you know the, uh, as, as our boss calls them the BSBs the big shiny brands the big shiny buildings <laughs> um, so we work you know, we, you know we work with Vodafone and Airtricity and Citigroup um, okay. and a number of others um, and we've you know we're all the time like I said we're a very busy consultancy so we're, we're all the time uh, keeping ourselves busy, and um, as regards labs, we have um, we have a number of other things in the pipeline. So just you know, keep keep tuned, and you'll you'll hear all about them. And the other thing I was going to ask you: Where did you come up with the name uh, Antenna and IQ Content? IQ Content. Well, um, 
that's uh, that basically goes back to the the nuts and bolts, the history of the company. So originally, the company was formed with the idea that there was um, that um, when the internet was in its its junior days. Um, um, our boss Morgan could see uh, there was going to be an appetite for content. Now, as the company grew, it became more of a, a web design company. But in the last few years, we've actually um, expanded massively in our content department. So we have um, we have a number of very highly skilled copy editors, and it's almost going back to our roots. We're we're doing an awful lot of content, both written content and visual content. So it's. Um, you know, it's been kind of like a, a, a full circle as regards where the, the name came from and what the purpose of the company was. Mm. Um, as regards Antenna, um, we we basically wanted to find something that would resonate with what the platform does. Um, so we put it out to our team here and um, actually it's our visual design intern, um, Amanda from Brazil, she came up with the name Antenna and I think it, it, it suits the platform perfectly. It is a good fit. And finally, where can you download Antenna? Is it it's in the App Store, is it and it's in Sure. So for um for Antenna for developers you can go to getantenna.com. Mm-hmm. Um if you're an event organizer and you want to check out Antenna in action, so the best way is really to go to the Dublin Event Guide okay. website, subscribe to the newsletter or else open the Dublin Event Guide.com on your mobile phone. Um, okay, and you'll, you'll see, see it, it in you'll action. See it in action. Okay, Karen, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today. No problem. Thank you, Hilary. Now turning to games news, the biggest thing that's happening this week, and I'm sure many of you have been looking forward to this for quite a while now, is Halo 4. The release of Halo 4 on Xbox is out tomorrow. Master Chief returns in Halo 4, part of a new trilogy in the colossal Halo universe. Set almost five years after the events of Halo 3, Halo 4 takes the series in a new direction and sets the stage for an epic new sci-fi saga in which the Master Chief returns to confront his destiny and face an ancient evil that threatens the fate of the entire universe. Halo 4 also introduces a new multiplayer offering called Halo Infinity Multiplayer that builds off the Halo franchise's rich multiplayer history. IGN has already given this five stars so it looks like we won't be disappointed with the latest offering and we will probably and will probably feature in quite a few Christmas talkings this year if you can wait till Christmas that is. I don't know if any of you guys out there have been following the Halo 4 forward until dawn live action webisodes on YouTube but episode 5 is out this week and I thoroughly recommend it if you've got 20 minutes before bed each night going onto YouTube or Machinima and watching these episodes because they're very very good and will certainly add to the hype of the game's release tomorrow well that's it from me for this week on the Click Technology Show I hope you guys all enjoyed the show now before I go I've got a little competition well actually it's a really big competition for you all out there we're giving you the chance to celebrate Assassin's Creed 3 in style Assassin's Creed 3 is the fully first fully fledged sequel in Ubisoft's blockbuster franchise since the introduction of Easy Auditore back in 2009 for Assassin's Creed 2 this all new chapter puts players in the free running moccasins of Connor a Native American fighting for survival during the time of the American Revolution in the late 18th century. As a member of the clandestine order of assassins, Connor must not only join the war for the freedom of his country, but also do battle against the secret machinations of the Temple Order. Featuring a stunningly recreated open world to explore, Assassin's Creed 3 includes the same freeform gameplay you've come to expect with a host of new additions like advanced combat and counter options, new weapons, hunting, side missions, and even the ability to run and to own and run your own homestead deep in the wildlands of the frontier. Assassin's Creed 
is set to be one of the biggest games of this year and to celebrate we've teamed up with Ubisoft to offer you the ultimate prize one lucky winner will not only walk away with a copy of Assassin's Creed 3 but also an Xbox 360 to play it on to be able to chance of winning this fabulous prize just head to clickonline.com forward slash competitions and answer the simple question of in what century is Assassin's Creed 3 set in is it A the 21st B the 4th or C the 18th so head to clickonline.com forward slash competitions and answer that question and you could be the lucky new owner of not only Assassin's Creed 3 but a freaking Xbox 360 to play it on too our full review of Assassin's Creed 3 is up now on site too so make sure to check that out after you enter the competition on clickonline.com now that's it for me for this week. Tune in at the same time next week for more technology news with a smattering of games too on the Click Technology Show. Now enjoy the sunshine out there. It's a lovely day outside and it may be a bit, bit cold, but at least it's sunny. I'm Hilary Johnson. Take care. <laughs>